0: Wash those tears from your eyes. You're his child, and he cares for you. Amen. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Ruth. Appreciate that. Someone who cares for you. That's exactly who. We worship. And I want to talk about that, and uh, uh, it's uh, appropriate as we look into uh, uh, the message this morning, uh, uh, Peter's statement, I'm going fishing, in John chapter 21. And uh, we're going to read some verses as we go uh, in the message, but we've been talking about uh, over the past few weeks what has happened in the Bible after the resurrection after Easter what took place and uh, we've uh, looked at uh, a few weeks ago the uh, the two men on the road to Emmaus and Jesus uh, suddenly uh, is walking next to them and talking to them and then we talked about uh, uh, doubting Thomas we refer to him as uh, as doubting Thomas but he needed a little bit more encouragement so Jesus came and and, uh, and was there for him. So as we look into John 21, uh, this last chapter in this gospel, uh, we see that the, the scene takes place after Easter. Now uh, the first two verses. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And then John puts the, it happened this way. It's like he announces, this is the way it happens. Simon Peter, Thomas also known as Didymus or Greek for the twin, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Now John shares with us what's happening here. And uh, the disciples have traveled back to the Sea of Galilee. They went back north. Remember that, that uh, Nazareth was in that area. And uh, and and before Jesus was born, uh, uh, Joseph and Mary had to travel the 90 miles, uh, 75 to 90 miles from from Galilee down to uh, to the to Bethlehem in the in the Jerusalem area. So they're back. They're back in the Gal- Sea of Galilee, and Jesus had already appeared to a number of people. He appeared to Mary Magdalene at the at the tomb and he appeared with the two people the two men on their way to Emmaus we talked about that he appeared to the disciples twice the first time that same day that he rose from the dead he appeared and then eight days later he came back almost as if remember to encourage Thomas Thomas says well I wasn't here so I don't know if I believe he rose. Unless I put my finger there and see the scars, then then I'll believe. But Jesus appears. Now, those appearances were not normal day-to-day occurrences. The disciples were hiding. He went back for Thomas. He, he talked to these men who were discouraged along the road. But you just never knew when and where Jesus was going to show up after After he rose from the dead. And uh, it was all a mystery. And I I want to make the statement that the disciples were back in Galilee because that's where Jesus told them to go. Tell my brothers, remember, I'll meet them in Galilee. And he told them to go there and wait. And they were doing exactly what they were told. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute. They were waiting for further instructions. Maybe some orders, meet him there. But I don't know about you, but waiting is hard to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> we have a hard time waiting. and We don't like to wait. And, uh, and uh, or I'm almost got my hand on the horn when the, when the light turns green. If the guy in front of me doesn't go right away, I'm ready to give it to him. And, uh, and sometimes they're looking at their phone, you can see them. And when you see them and their head's down, the light's green, you know, oh, they wake up. So I think we're doing them a favor, right? <laughs> hey, pay attention, you know, uh, this is something important. But I can never get used to the fact that light turns green, I'm in the left-hand lane. How long does it take for that first car to go? You know, oh, oh, this is murder. And, you know, you've got to wait. We don't like to wait. We don't like to wait. And we're getting worse. I don't know about you, but I'm getting worse. But uh, maybe you're getting better. Uh, But let me know. Let me know how you're doing. They were waiting. Now, if you just imagine, for three and a half years, every day with Jesus, they woke up with him. Probably, I don't know, Jesus probably didn't sleep in. All right? I'm just imagining yeah, you know, here's God in the flesh. He's gonna just take a little little siesta in the morning. No, 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 no. He probably got up early. He was out praying. The disciples were probably they were just trying to keep up with him. They would wake up early in the morning. They that had been their life. They would were with Jesus every minute, every day. They'd gotten used to where Jesus was going and what he was doing and where wherever he wanted to go, he was their leader. They were his disciples and a disciple. Is a, is a Hebrew Greek word for student a learner you know I'm learning from him and actually the Greek word is matitis. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a student in front of him it was their job to obey his commandments follow his directions that's what they did now he's gone what do we do Jesus says go back to Galilee I'll meet you there he didn't give any further instructions that was it you know kind of vague and uh, but all that they knew they were there Jesus hadn't shown up they were uh, uh, I'm sure they were getting a little bored you know and and they were no doubt wondering what they were going to be doing next what's going to happen next remember these guys up until Jesus appeared after he died they thought you know they had to hide from the Romans they were going to be crucified next they they just didn't understand and I don't know about you or I but we may have been in the same situation because it was all confusing. What's going to happen? Even though we read, Jesus told them three times, four times, what's going to happen. He gave the details. They're still going, how can that be? And they just kind of passed over their head. Now, there were some questions that hung in the air. And uh, was it time for them to bring about the kingdom of God? How are they going to do that? Was it time for them to go back to Jerusalem, to those who were in authority at the temple, and tell them to leave? Remember, he, Jesus, at one point, overtook, turned the tables and drove them out with a whip that he made himself. And, and so maybe this, they, he, we're going to go back to the temple and drive them out for good, you know, so that Jesus could finally rule over his temple. And I'm sure that there were a lot of thoughts going through their head. And uh, what would we think about Look at all the things that happened in a very short amount of time. The triumphal entry, the last supper, the trial, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection. And now they're back. Now they're back. What would we do? What would we do? What would you do while you waited? So for most of the disciples, they were back home for three and a half years being with Jesus. They were away from their families. And we know that at least some of them were married. And they had left their families, and now they're reunited with loved ones. And and I'm sure that their children, their spouses, their parents were glad that they were back home safe and sound. John was a teenager. And we're told that one or two of the other disciples were were young, probably in a teenage years. So they're back home with their parents. They're wondering, what's coming next? So as we read this in verse 3, Peter says, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now Peter steps forward and says, I'm I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. He's tired of just waiting around the house. Jesus hasn't shown up. So instead of just sitting around some more, he's going to He's going to go out and fish. This is something that he knew. Maybe his family needed some money. This was their source of income. Maybe some of the other disciples, they they said, well, we're going to go with you so that they could make money. Their families needed money. But Peter wasn't, I don't imagine him to be the guy that sat around very long. The guy with the least amount of patience was probably Peter. He was a man who liked action. He had to be doing something. He always jumped in. Impetuous Peter and always going. And he decided, at least for himself, until something happened, he was going to go back to do what he always did before fishing. And John tells us that he, along with his brother and some others, well, okay, let's go. Let's go. And while some people feel like the disciples were committing some kind of major sin or abandoning the mission, I don't think that's what was going on here. I, don't, I think that those who look at this passage that way have read too much into the passage. You know, we can really read God's word and say, oh, oh boy, there's a secret formula here and why they do this. We overthink it a lot of times. And I think these men just got bored and they decided to do what they loved, what they were good at, and they, they went out and they went fishing. They knew what it was, they had known what it was like to cast a net, to feel the water on their face, and the experience of bringing in a, a full net of fish. They knew what it was like to see a big catch of fish, and they, and they know that today they would be able to go out and do some fishing and bring the fish in and sell those to the, to the fish vendors at the market and make some money for their family. But the Bible says that this particular time that they went out fishing was not very fulfilling, at least not at first. And uh, so all night long, they'd moved from here to there across the Sea of Galilee. They tried their favorite spots. And, and by the next morning, their, their nets and their stomachs were still empty. And they hadn't been able to catch even one little fish. And I'm sure that they were tired and they were frustrated and maybe a little cranky. Fishermen that don't catch fish are probably not very happy guys to be around. You you wouldn't want to be around too much. And, And so Peter, James, John, Andrew, they were known to be skilled fishermen. What happened? What took place? Have they lost their touch? And the little phrase, I want just to to catch this little phrase, they caught nothing as powerful. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way? You work for hours getting the house clean, right? Only to have the door open and the kids and grandkids come in and your spouse and they can mess it up in a couple minutes. Or you worked on a paper or on a project, and I've heard my wife hear me from the other room, only to have I it deleted. <laughs> I lost the whole thing. You know, this the sermon's gone. How do we get that back? I'm ding, 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 ding. All these buttons. I used to be able to call Kurt. And he'd he'd say, "Well, Pastor, I'm sorry, but it's gone." You know, start all over. Or you've had like one of those days where it seems like nothing's going right. Every Am I the only one? Right? No? Okay. We got some hands raised back there. Good. Or you just feel like you've, you've made some progress only to lose more ground than you've made up. You know. And this is, this is these guys in a boat and they, they, they caught nothing. Nothing. And we've all been there where these men were in that boat that day. And we do, we do our best to be productive, and we come up with empty nets. And that's where Peter and his friends felt that morning. But then there was a stranger. They didn't know him at first. We're going to read this, verses 4 through 6. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. There's a couple of things I see here in these these verses, 4, 5, and 6. A stranger on the shoreline, all right? These guys in the boat were fishermen by trade. They had grown up. They had fished all their lives. And suddenly a stranger on the shoreline, they don't even know who he is. He calls out, they were so desperate, they were ready to act on this guy's advice. You know, so the man on the shore, he begins by, have you, have you caught any fish? Now, if you've been fishing, you want to be out there and you want to you wanna say... You want to say, "Yeah, see this string of fish," or you want to say, "It's been great. We've caught a bunch of fish. Meet us over there. We'll sell you some." You know, maybe they thought he was a fisher, a, a, a vendor uh, that was going to buy fish from him. They didn't know who it was, and uh, as he was walking back and forth, but this morning those disciples they they didn't have they didn't have anything to talk about. They couldn't talk about how big. Uh, How big of a catch they had? They didn't have any fish at all. Now I'm going to I'm going to highlight their answer. Here's their answer: fishermen. Now, what do fishermen? You know, what was that that one saying? That uh, there is a there's a question: Do all fishermen? Do all fishermen lie, or all liars fishermen? So, so these guys, their answer was no. A two word, two letter answer, one word: no. No explanation, no going into it, just a plain and simple N-O, that was their answer. That pretty much tells me they weren't happy. They weren't happy, and they didn't want to talk about it. They were tired, they were hungry, their nets were empty, they'd used muscles that they hadn't used for a while, probably, they mistakenly thought, well, just because we're in a boat and we know what we're doing, their fish are gonna jump in the boat. Well, they didn't that night. And they may have, they may have been even, they may have bragged a little bit to their family. Hey, we're gonna go out and catch a whole big bunch of fish. We're gonna come back with all kinds of money. We're really gonna eat good today. We can we'll have this money and catch up. We'll be celebrating with some good old fish and chips when we get back. You know, so I'm pretty sure that their pride was hurt, their reputation was hurt, and the fact that they had four of the best fishermen in the boat doesn't help things. And then this stranger on the shore, they take his advice. They didn't know him at the time. And if you're a fisherman and you've not you caught anything, you're willing to try anything, amen. You try worms, you try, you know, live bait, you try lures, you everything, right? You got top you got top lures, you got sinking lures, you got all kinds of junk to throw out there. Hot dogs and to try to catch whatever you want some catfish and if someone has an idea it's at least worth the effort who knows maybe it'll work so then the Bible tells us about the catch and the recognition he said throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And I believe that the, I think that the King James even gives a number. 153. Is that that in there? Anybody have a a King James? Okay. And then verse 7 says, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, It's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him. For he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the full net, net full of fish where they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. So, in the matter of seconds, the Bible tells us some amazing things happened here. They cast the nets on the right side, right? And bam, all kinds of fish are in the net and they pull it in they then looked out and john recognized who he was it's jesus it's the lord the risen savior the messiah and peter well here's peter it's all his idea i'm going fishing he jumps out of the boat leaves the rest of the guys pulling the net in now you can't blame him who wants to fish when the risen jesus is standing on the shoreline and we came all the way up here just to be with him so Peter, how impetuous he is, he says, I'm going, bang, he's in the water, he's swimming. Because a, a moment, one moment with the risen Lord is worth a whole net full of fish to him. The rest of the disciples are, oh boy, there he goes, you know, they can just, you know, they're pulling it in and they're, they're going to row back into shore and they weren't far away from shore and then if you read a little bit more of the story, you see that Jesus was on the shoreline. He had already made breakfast for him. He says, come here. I've got something for you to eat. I don't know about you, but I'd like to eat a little bit of fish that God has cooked for us. And uh, there probably weren't any bones in that. Yeah. Right? God filleted these fish and God made this bread. And, and uh, so everything was ready for them to eat. Where would he get fish? I don't know if he can multiply fish and loaves he, there it is you know and uh, so there's Jesus on the shoreline he's telling them to come now this is a great story now I've read this and preached on this before but I've gone a little bit further in the story because because uh, uh, Jesus the real story here is that Jesus comes and restores Peter for having denied him at the campfire and we're not going to go that far. We're going to stop here because this is the sp- part of the story that speaks to each and every one of us it's not a story of a lack of, of faith or a refusal to do the mission Peter didn't say I quit I'm going fishing he just says I'm going fishing and Jesus when when he meets with the disciples and finally he's at, on the on the beach there eating with them he didn't He didn't scold him. He didn't shake his finger at him and say, you guys, uh, what's wrong with you? He didn't berate them or he didn't uh, uh, put them down because of their lack of faith or devotion. He didn't criticize them. Jesus was there to help them because he teaches them that there are some things that he can see that they can't see. I believe that God made a big fish for Jonah and it was there when it needed to be there right i believe that god knew jesus knew that those guys were out in the boat that night and he told the fish to go over there boats here you go there they go there but fish go there he was keeping the fish away from the boat until he got there and then he's 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 the maker of the waves and the fish and all of creation and he brings them in. From their vantage point, they couldn't see the fish. And within a few feet of them, Jesus had them there. He says, throw your, throw your net on the right side of the boat. And then it happened all night long. They scratched their heads. Where the, where'd they go? They threw their nets. They discussed different strategies. Nothing that they did was successful at all. But Jesus saw the fish. And Jesus knew where the fish was, was swimming. And Jesus teaches them that they need him to be successful. No matter what they're doing, and that he is more than willing to help them. And he says that to each one of us. For us to be successful, to lead a successful life, to have a fulfilling life, we need him. Amen? Jesus saw the fish. Jesus knew that, that that's where they were. And this morning, this morning, we may not understand everything or be able to see everything around us. We don't know why. Lord, why am I in the middle of this mess? Why are my loved ones going through such a, a tough and difficult time we don't see that but God does and Jesus has the the ability to see everything from his vantage point and where he is and Jesus has the ability to lead us in the right direction and who knows that when we get out of this thing that we're in the middle of that, we're not going to be better people because of it. And we'll be able to help somebody else out that's going, that will be going through the same thing down the road when we meet that person. Jesus knows where the fish are, Jesus knows who the right person is to be in leadership and what direction we need to be traveling. He knows everything to lead us to a a victory and a celebration. And that's exactly what took place here. Jesus' words and Jesus' presence here made this particular fishing trip one that made it in the Bible. This event was included in one of John's victory stories. Stories that remind us that God is on our side. Jesus showed up to the two men on the road. Jesus showed up to encourage uh, uh, to encourage Thomas, who is having doubts. Jesus shows up on the seashore to, to restore Peter. Because around that campfire, Jesus looked at Peter and three times. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Peter denied him three times. But Jesus was there to restore him, to give the confidence back that he needed. That is the God that we serve. He's not far away and never coming, and man, he left me out to hang high and dry here. We have to have faith that God is with us where we are. He doesn't doesn't promise us a a walk in the garden. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in this world you will have trouble. And because of sin there is sickness and disease and death and problems. And it's not his fault, it's our fault. We, we, We shake our fist at God. God, why did you let this happen? God didn't make it happen. God created us to live a fulfilling life with him we turned away from god we turned our backs on him when we disobeyed adam and eve thanks a lot adam and eve we're gonna i'm gonna have a little talk with them when i get there but here's this whole situation god is with us in the middle of all this and he's not a god it says in the king james 153 fish boy you look at the commentators and they'll try to tear that apart 153 means 144 plus nine, and that's a little bit more than Oh, come on. Come on. I think he's just given us an idea that he's not a God that gives us just a couple of fish, a morsel. He gives us enough that our nets are straining. And he blesses more than we expect. So the questions that that we we ask this morning is will we will we walk with him? Will we listen to him? Will we cast our nets one more time when he tells us and where he tells us? Ah, uh, they could have said, Ah, we're tired, we don't want to do you know. Who, who's gonna to listen to that guy? He's not a fisherman. <clears throat> but they listened. They obeyed. And they were blessed because of it. Will we take the time to sit around the fire with Jesus? open up his word to sit or will we jump out of the boat because more than anything we love Jesus and want to be with him these guys can handle that net I'm going he didn't even there wasn't a second thought in Peter's mind I'm I'm swimming ashore I'm going to be there I'm going to be the first one there I'm going to get a big hug and he was in the water when we look at these questions when we look at what will we do I believe for each one of us that we'll do the right thing. We'll come to him. We'll, we'll receive from him as, we, as he pours out his blessings, as we come to him in the right way, by faith believing. Amen? Let's all stand. Generally, Father, we, we thank you this morning. We give you praise that you indeed our God and that the empty tomb tells each one of us that there is there's more to life than what we are living here and now that you, you ask us to come into your presence and believe that you have paid the price for us that Lord any mistake that we can make is, is, is never bigger than you can forgive. And Lord, we we put our hearts and our lives in your hands and in your care. And we ask, Lord, today that that you would be with each and every one that's here this morning and help us each and every day throughout this week, Lord, in the coming weeks. Lord, help us to grow in you. Help us to become more like you And Father, we thank you that you are so patient with us, that your love reaches to us in a very, very deep way, more than we understand. We love you, Lord, and we give you thanks and praise. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. amen. You are dismissed. Don't forget to come back at 3.30, 3.30.